Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now we have the past two weeks, we have been looking at some things in the Word of God. I kind of introduced this teaching by saying the Lord had given me some revelation in the Word, which is true. We have seen that revelation is that which is uncovered from the source. It comes from God, Matthew chapter 16. Jesus said to Peter when he received that revelation of Jesus being the Son of the living God, uh, uh, Jesus said to him or referred to it, he said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto me. Now, much of what you know about God. Now, I'm not, you know, going to try and, you know, figure out the depth of what anybody knows. But much of what you know about God is what God has revealed to you. And this is something I found out about God. He don't withhold revelation. But He also, He is, how can I say this? He is cautious in the way that He gives it out because revelation is so valuable. Now think about that for a minute. Just think of the revelation that got you saved. How valuable is that to you? Well, you may think, well, I don't know how valuable it is. Well, one day, if you pass off of this earth or if the rapture takes place, (laughs) you'll see how very valuable the revelation of salvation is. Amen. How many have ever been healed physically in your body? Aren't you thankful for that revelation? Amen. How many have ever prospered financially? Aren't you thankful for that revelation? Amen. They're not things you believe. They're things you know. Flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you, but the Father that was in heaven. Now, we begin to look at some things there in, 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 in Genesis. We looked at some things there in, in, in Genesis chapter 3 about how the enemy came in to, to uh, influence God's creation. Uh, basically, the, the basic uh, foundation of what we're teaching on is how to overcome unbelief, how to stay out of unbelief, and how there is this process that God... Uh, allows to go on on the earth that we must be aware of that works by His Word and it also works on the negative side and we have to be aware of that. So in your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to John chapter 10. And I think that's, we may go to one other verse, but John chapter 10, if, if we can exhaust this this morning, we'll have, we'll have received something from the Lord. Amen? Now I'm going to go back and just review a little bit, a little bit of what we've said about this, quote, revelation in which God has given us. Now, first of all, creation and the way God created the earth and the purpose of what creation was for was God's intention. Everybody say God's intention. And in God's intention, He put the earth in order. He put the lights in the right place. He caused the day and night, uh, you know, to be separated. He put the moon and the stars in the sky. He put great provision now, in the earth for his creation, he put the animals, he put the birds, he put the fish. Uh, he, he created all the cattle and the living things. Then he created man. He made man in his likeness and in his image. Now, the reason for that was to carry out his intention on the earth. He wanted man to be there, uh, to replenish the earth, to be a part of his creation in such a way where he could be the God of heaven, the God of the universe. Of course, we know the God of the earth, but he would also have an extended family upon the planet that would do his will and his bidding upon the planet. Now, in order to propagate that or for order for that to take place correctly, he had to place within the garden a choice. 
We know that he put one tree, which was the tree of life, which eating off of the tree of life causes you perpetually to live. Then there's the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. And the, and the, and the Bible says that God commanded the man, don't eat of that tree. Because the day that you eat of that tree, you're going to die. And we know that that is a threefold death. That was going to be a spiritual death, a physical death, and an eternal death that would take place in the human family. Well, into the intention of God, into the creation of God, came a creeping thing. Everybody say a creeping thing. We know that, that that snake came in. We know who that was. That's Satan. That's Lucifer. That's the devil. And he came in with the purpose of influencing God's creation. The way he did it was illegal. And the way he usurped the authority that God had put in the garden was wrong. But it really doesn't matter at this point because he did bring an influence into the garden. And that influence caused man to fall. What it did, we looked at it uh, earlier, that influence changed the perspective. And that perspective that they looked into, that new perspective they had, caused them to be persuaded. Now, this is unique, and I'm going to hit this and and run a little bit, and then we're going to come back to that, because we need to understand this. What they were persuaded of was a lie. When the devil said to the woman, you shall not surely die, he was absolutely lying. Now, let me say this, and this may help you to understand why God hates lying so much. I'm going to tell you, God hates lying. I mean, He hates it. It's a sin. He does not, it's one of the, the, the ten deadlies. Thou shalt not lie. The reason that God hates lying so much is because of the wrong influence and the wrong perspective. The purpose of a lie is to give the lie the same power as the truth. Now let me say that again. The purpose of a lie, through influence, a change of perspective, and through being persuaded, your adversary the devil wants to take the same strength, the same power, and the same ability of the truth and make that a lie. Now now think about this for a minute. It's amazing. You know, this morning, I, I guess about... 620 or so, the sun came up in the east. Uh, this evening about, you know, 820, 830, it's going to go down in the west. It's going to do it tomorrow. It's going to do it all next week. It's going to do it all next month, next year, and year after year perpetually. You say, why is it going to do that? Because the sun rises and falls based on the truth. Amen. The Bible says he upholds all things by the power of his word, or excuse me, by the word of his power. Now, you've got to understand, that truth cannot be changed. No matter what you do, no matter what you try to uh, influence, no matter how you try to change someone's perspective, it does not matter. The sun's coming up in the east, and it's setting in the west. That is truth. Amen. Now, listen, a lie can't carry that power. That's why it's a lie. When something is perceived as having that same ability, but it does not, it's a lie. Amen? Which helps you to understand a little bit about faith. You say, what do you mean by faith? Faith Faith is the truth of the Word of God in application in the face of the lie that the enemy is trying to perpetuate in your life. With a lie, the enemy is trying to influence you. 
With a lie, he's trying to change your perspective. And he's trying to get you persuaded that what he is telling you is the sun coming up in the east and setting in the west. But I'm telling you, according to the word of God, it is not. The truth is, if you're fighting sickness and disease, the truth is, by his stripes you're healed. If you're fighting poverty and lack, the truth is my God supplies all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You've just got to go in and begin to dig around in your own life and try to figure out why am I so influenced that these other things are true when God says they're not. Amen. Now, a little review. Let me get it here. All these things I've written down. Number one, God's intention. A de- intention is a determination to act in a certain way in order to bring about a desired result. Amen. Now, influence. What is influence? The influence is, is the power of causing an effect in an indirect or an intangible way. Amen. What is, uh, what's the next one there? Perception. What is perception? Perception is a mental image or observation And what is persuaded or to be persuaded is to move by an argument or adhere to a belief, a position, or a course of action. So, God wants you, first of all, to understand His intention in your life. Now, I'm telling you, there's a lot of people out there that don't understand the intention of God in their life. They look at their circumstance, they look at their life, and they think, is this God's intention for me? Well, listen, if you're sick and broke and going through all kinds of problems and certain situations and circumstances, that is not God's intention for you. And listen, we may kill a few sacred cows this morning. I think the main one we need to kill is this one. That God is putting you through something for a reason. You know, there's a, there's a real reason why you're going through this. God's got a real purpose in the sickness. God's got a real purpose in this disease. God's got a real purpose in this this financial problem. No, that's not God doing that. We're going to see that in just a moment. God doesn't have any intention, any... Listen, if you get this one thing in your heart today, it'll bless you. God doesn't have any intention of doing you wrong. He has no intention of hurting you. He has no intention of making you sick or or taking away your money or your stuff. His intention is to bless you and increase you and cause you to prosper beyond your imagination because He loves you so much. Amen? Now, in order to realize that, you've got to bring yourself under His influence. If all that ever influences you is your problem, no wonder you doubt God. If all you do is look at your situation... And look at your circumstance. And look at your problem. And here's the thing. Time has a way of causing it to be amplified. Well, Pastor, I've been going through this for years. Well, Pastor, I tell you, I've had this going on. This has gone on five years. This has gone on ten years. This has gone on fifteen years. It does not matter how long it's gone on. Time is not a weapon against the ability of God. God God is not intimidated by time. God does not care how long you've been sick. There was a guy in the Bible in John chapter 5 that laid by a miracle pool for 38 years. 38 years sick and literally missed a miracle every time the water got troubled. But when Jesus came, he spoke one word. And one word from the master was all it took to get him up out of 38 years of misery. 
Amen? You say, why? Because all of a sudden, he recognized by that word, there is another intention for my life. He came under the influence of that. It changed his perspective. He was fully persuaded, and that's why he got up off that ground. It happened in an instant of time. You say, well, those things you're talking about, it's going to take a lifetime to figure out. No, it's not. God is still the God of immediately and suddenly. Amen? John 10, chapter 10, verse 10. It says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. This is Jesus speaking, red letters in my Bible. Jesus says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, right here in this scripture, this is called the dividing line of the gospel. What is of God, what is not of God? Let me say that again. What is God, what is of God, what is not of God? See, religion will tell you all kinds of crazy things. I mean, they'll have some tragedy somewhere. Thousands of people will die or be injured. And they'll call it what? An act of God. That's not an act of God. If you believe the Bible, the Bible says it is who that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's the devil. It's the thief. He has what? He has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. That is his intention. Let me say that again. That is his intention. There is an entity loosed upon the earth that is the enemy of God and the enemy of humanity. He is the enemy of God. He is the enemy of humanity. And his total intention for this entire planet is to do what? Is to steal, is to kill, and is to destroy. Now, see, there, this is, this is why, why people get off on things. They say, well, you know, I, I see people out there having a pretty good time. You know, there's people out there and they're, you know, they're rocking and rolling. They're making money. They're getting high. It looks like they're, I mean, they're just having a great time. Now, listen, if you come under the influence of that, and only see on the surface what Hollywood or, or some other, you know, a group of entertainers or whatever it is shows you, and you come under the influence of that, you will end up falling for a lie. Amen? Amen? No, no, they're just, they're just going to their grave a different way than you are. Some people go to the grave in a Volkswagen, others go in a Jaguar. But in every, now listen to me. In every place, in every part of your life where something has been stolen from you, something has been killed from you, something has been destroyed from you, it is not God that has done that. Let me say that again. It is not God that has done that. It is the enemy, and what he wants to do is he wants to come into your life, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants to blame it on God. He wants to make you think God did it. But then Jesus said, now I love this, because boy, we could take off on a redemptive teaching right here that would be powerful. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life. Everybody say life. life. That's the word zoe or the God kind of life. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life. Now that'd be good enough if there was a period right there. We could jump, shout, rejoice, thank God. But then he said this, not only that you might have life, but that you might have it in abundance. An abundant life. An abundant life. The same 
quality, the same style, the same kind of life in which God Himself enjoys. So what He is introducing in the Scripture is a brand new influence in humanity. Listen, for about 4,000 years, humanity hadn't had that, that, that image of God. They thought God was mean. They thought God was mad. They thought God was a God of His law, that the only people that had any access was this little nation over in the Middle East called Israel, that, that everybody else was segregated from God, and that, that anytime Israel messed up, God judged them. Anytime they were, obeyed God, God would bless them, but those blessings seemed temporal. They had the wrong image of the Creator, of the Heavenly Father. But Jesus came to bring a new dimension of influence. One of the first things he began to do was to introduce God as what? As the heavenly father. That made those religious people so mad because they said if he calls him father, then he's making himself equal with God. Well, God calls you his child and says that he's your heavenly father. So you've got to begin to realize there are two influences in this world and you're living under one of them. And those influences are designed to bring about the intention either of God or of the devil in your life. I mean, I lived for the devil. I helped him out every way I could. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, I did everything I could do to help him out. I mean, I was helping him kill. I was helping him steal. And I was helping him destroy. And I was helping him doing it to me. But thank God, a new intention came into my life. And I had to respond to that intention by believing that that intention was strong enough, now listen to me, to break the power of the influence that was trying to steal, kill, and destroy my life. Amen? And this is so good. And just by believing that, it changed my perspective. Come on, church. It wasn't after years of Bible school, years of ministry. No, it was just a few short hours. After understanding and realizing There is a good God, a loving Heavenly Father who cares about me, who forgave me and cleansed my sins and brought me back into His kingdom like the prodigal son. And that intention for me is blessing and not cursing. And that intention for me is life and not death. And that intention for me is life and not darkness. And that intention is to bless me and make me a blessing to other people. Automatically my perspective changed. I didn't want a perspective of going out and getting high anymore. I didn't want a perspective of running wild and being rebellious. I wanted a perspective of seeing what God sees, hearing what God hears, doing what God does, going where God goes, being the person that God wants me to be. And not only did the perspective change of me seeing myself. Now, we may come back and do that. Because I'm going to tell you something. 2019 affords us an enormous amount of issues in the human experience which have bent people, which have broken people, which have hurt people. Man, there's, there's, there's abuse and misuse and all, on levels we don't even understand. And some of you may understand. And it warps your perspective. And it causes you to stay under the influence 
of the one that wants to steal, kill, and destroy from, uh, from you. But you have to understand, no matter who has hurt you, and no matter how they have hurt you, God still loves you. That hurt inflicted on you did not devalue you in God's eyes. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. Whatever that hurt was, it may have devalued you in your own eyes. It may devalued you in the, in the eyes of the person that hurt or abused you. It may have devalued you in society's eyes, but it did not devalue you in God's eyes. And you have to make a decision to get under the, out from under the influence of yourself, out from the influence of the one that hurts you, out from under the influence of society, and get under the influence of God so that God can give you a brand new perspective of yourself so that you can see yourself clean again. You can see yourself holy again. You can see yourself forgiven again. You can see yourself righteous again. You can see yourself delivered again. You can see yourself healed again. You can see yourself blessed again. And you can see yourself worthy of God doing all of that in your life because of what Jesus has done for you in Christ Jesus. My, my, my. That was good. I received that for me. Now the thief... He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I don't want to mix this up, so let me get it right. I don't preach off of notes much. That's why it's always hard for me to do it. We have to admit that what the enemy forced upon the planet, God's creation, was a new intention, not a part of original design. That's why at funerals we get up and tell people it's, it's not natural to die. People think, well, it's just natural to die. You live your life. That's not the way God created us. I said, that's not the way God created us. And there's evidence. You say, no, what kind of evidence could there be that it's not natural to die? Why do we fight it? I mean, we've got doctors. We've got specialists. We've got huge hospitals. I mean, we fight. We, the human family, fights death with everything it has. You ever notice that? It's because it's not natural. It's not natural. God didn't create us to die. Amen? It was forced upon us. God's creation was a new intention, not part of the original design. John 10, 10, we see two opposing intentions by definition. Both have a design to influence you, to change your perspective, and cause you to be fully persuaded so that it might dominate your life. Now, the enemy wants to do what? He wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and that comes in these ways. He wants to control you through fear and bondage, through depression and oppression through disease and sin, through addiction and all types of problems unique to the human experience in, in which he wants to take and bring into your life for the purpose of controlling you. And one problem after the next, 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 through its repetition convinces you many times that God doesn't love you, that God doesn't care about you. Man, Pastor, I've gone through this, and I've gone through that. And you get up there and talk about how good God is, and how God's blessed you, and how, how God's done this, and God's done that. You know, here's one thing you've got to understand. We don't get up here and testify and talk about the bad times. We don't get up here and testify about all the negative things we go through. You say, why not? Because that's not of any value to you at all. 
I said, it's not of any value to you at all. But listen, we have gone through some things. We have fought some physical battles. We have fought some financial battles. We've fought some battles of the mind. We've fought some battles in which we thought, oh my God, are we ever going to get through this? But the good thing is, we never allowed ourselves to come under the influence and the control of the one that was trying to destroy us. That's exactly the intention of your adversary. To use his attack to bring you under his influence. To make you think there's no hope, there's no way, I can't ever get out of this. All I can do is is try to just weather the storm. But I've got good news. You've got a God that loves you, who has an intention for your life, who wants to deliver you, heal you, bless you, and cause you to come through whatever you're going through right now to his glory. An abundant life. The origin of it is what? A loving Heavenly Father. His intervention into humanity to bring a whole new perspective where men and women can see themselves for the first time since Adam's fall in a new family. Not the cursed human family, not the fallen human family, but into God's family. Not into a family that separates itself, segregates itself, is prejudiced against itself, but into a family that's washed with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and accepts everybody because of that same cleansing. A family that's holy, a family that's righteous. The Bible says that we're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a peculiar people. You must have that perspective of yourself or you will see yourself as still a member of the human family. Mm, Getting quiet in here. He's given us redemption. Through redemption comes salvation, healing, prosperity, empowerment by the Holy Ghost, freedom, and purpose in life. Everybody say purpose. It is God's intention that His creation fulfill its purpose. That's why you're here. God created you to fulfill a purpose, put you upon this planet, trusted that somehow, some way the gospel would get to you. When the gospel got to you, all of a sudden you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. As a new creature, a new intention for life began. Don't let religion stop it. Don't let the sins of the past stop it. Don't let your hurt stop it. Don't what you think about yourself stop it. Don't let political things stop it. So many people come under the influence of other things that do not cause them to walk in the blessing of God and they forsake the intention of God and accept the attention of someone that wants to destroy them. And it causes you to become fully persuaded. I've listened to some preachers over the years that are fully persuaded, I'm telling you, fully persuaded that there's no such thing as salvation. That if you're going to get to heaven, you better, you better just be a good person. Definitely healing, yeah, it's in the Bible, but it died with the last apostle. Thou that Holy Ghost stuff, all of that, that's just a bunch of fanatic, you know, fanaticism. And they literally are so under the influence of the one that steals, kills, and destroys, that that is literally their message. That whatever you're going through, you need to go through with grace. You need to go through with dignity. If it costs you your life, well, the Lord just took you. That's not the Word of God. That's not the intention of the God of life. Now that one statement right there ought to change your perspective. You say, what do you mean? It's not the intention of the God of life. 
Everything that God wants to do for you, everything that God wants to give you, everything that God wants to bless you with has to do with life and an enhanced life here on the planet. Life better than it is. Life better than it could be. Life, uh, listen, after living and believing and knowing and walking and fighting in this, how could, what, could, what, could, what could we call it? In this particular genre of Christianity, you could describe it as charismatic, Holy Ghost, Pentecostal, Word of Faith. I don't care what you call it. In walking in it for 35 years and looking back how I felt about it when I first started the walk, my mind is blown. Without exception, I can say this. Despite all of my mistakes, despite all of my inadequacies, despite all of my inabilities, God has still done for me exceedingly, abundantly, above all I could ever ask or think. Come on, church. I mean, He's given me the abundant life. You say, well, you're just some special vessel that God... No, 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 I'm just the opposite of that. I was just a beach bum, just a surf bum, going from job to job, getting fired from them all, never could find a place in life. I mean, just, you know, staying high as a kite, just living life until death was so prevalent upon me, I couldn't take it no more. And I thought to myself, I've done wrecked every chance I had to serve God, wrecked every chance I ever had to be what God called me to be. And literally when God drew me back into the kingdom of God, He literally reinforced supernaturally everything that God had told me when I was a child. Everything that God had told me when I was young. Every dream that I ever dreamed about being what God had called me to be. Then He literally super exceeded everything He ever told me by giving me the life I've lived the last 35 years. I can't describe the places I've been. I can't describe the, pl- the things I've done, both, both in ministry and outside of ministry. The crowds that we've been able to preach to, the miracles that we've seen, the people that have come to the Lord. Listen, it's been in the thousands and thousands of people. It's amazing. And then just in my own personal life, the things that God has given us, the things that God has blessed us with, the things that God has allowed us to handle. It's an amazing phenomenon. But I'm telling you, I had to figure out, first of all, there was a God that had an intention for me. And His intention for me was not bad. If He sent me to the furthest corners of the earth to preach the gospel, it would still be a good intention. If I had to spend years away from my family, it would still be a good intention. I got a precious Father's Day greeting from Brother Dustin. He's, he's out preaching out on the road, it's going to be out on the road the next few weeks. And so I t- typed him back, uh, texted him back and said, thank you for that, Brother Dustin. I said, said to him, you don't know how many birthdays, anniversaries, holidays I spent in a hotel room by myself, but I wasn't alone. I said I wasn't alone. It was not a, a price to pay. It was a privilege to enjoy. You have to understand all of this that God has for us. It's not some great struggle in which we're tested and tried and and put into the crucible of life and and crushed. See, I used to hear some preaching like that when I was young. And I used to think to myself, I don't know if I want to go through that or not. 
I heard some of them old preachers talk about how God wants to, he wants to take you and he wants to break you and he wants to crush you and he wants to just make you down until you're this little piece of nothing. And then if there's anything left, maybe he can use that. I used to think, I don't want to go through that. I've never heard him preaching like that. I mean, it used to scare me. Made me want to hide from God. Amen. But I found out the human will, the human will is just like the showbread on the communion table. The Passover table to the Jewish people in which the showbread sits, which represents the will of man. And what did Jesus do with the showbread? He blessed it, then he broke it. You say, what will God do to your will? What will he do to your human will? If you will allow God and come under the edicts of his intention and be influenced by him and get his perspective and be fully persuaded by God, you will find out that he will bless you and bless you and bless you. And his blessings are so powerful that they will break you. And you will say, okay, God, you have blessed me to the point where I will go anywhere. I will do anything. I will give anything. I will be whatever you want me to be because you have blessed me so much. That's the way God does it. That's the way God does it. Religion will talk about being crushed, being this. And then you get off on this other, uh, crucifying the flesh. That used to freak me out. You know, because crucifixion really didn't, didn't look very appeasing to me. Nails in your hand, nails in your feet, crown on your head. We don't line up for that very much, do you? Amen. But I found out that God allows us by His Word and empowers us by His Word to come under the influence so much of His kindness, love, and goodness that our flesh is no longer able to call the shots in our life. And for the first time in your life, when you get born again, that spirit man on the inside of you is empowered with the Spirit of Almighty God. And as you come under its influence and get its perspective, you are fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. You don't need the dope no more. You don't need the alcohol no more. You don't need the promiscuous life anymore. You don't need the identity any longer with that which you thought you had to have to give you some kind of physical pleasure. Because all of a sudden, you find out in His presence is fullness of joy. At His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. You begin to figure out, uh, coming under the influence, and as you begin to get the perspective of God in your eyes, in your ears, and in your heart, you begin to figure out, there's this loving Heavenly Father that created the universe and has allowed me to be alive at this time upon the earth. And His intentions for me are good. His intentions for me are blessing. His intentions for me are health. His intentions for me are wealth. His intentions for me is goodness, goodness, goodness. All I got to do is crucify this flesh and get out, of the, out from under its influence. That's why God gives you all kinds of scriptures in the letters to the church that deal with death. We're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. Yet not us, but Christ lives in us. The life we now live in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved and gave himself for. We are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead, even so we also walk in newness of life. You take those scriptures that deal with death and you begin to speak that death into your life. 
He said, no, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. Yes, you do. It's that old life, that death life, that life of addiction, that life of control, that life of pain, that life of hurt. You begin to say, no, 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 no. I'm crucified with Christ. I've died to that addiction. I've died to that disease. I've died to that problem. I've died to that situation. But thank God in that death, I've got new life in Jesus' name. He is the one who has delivered me from the power of darkness and has translated me into the dominion of his dear son. Amen? Glory to God, I done preached myself happy. So in closing, real quick, oh, I'm doing good. I'll get you to the restaurant before the Methodist. The thief, everybody say the thief. That's Satan, that's your enemy. That's the one arrayed against you. That's the one that hates you. He's come into your life to what? Steal, kill, destroy. What is the answer, Pastor? If there is this entity loosed on the earth and all his desire is to steal, kill, and destroy, what can we do? Well, we read the rest of the Scripture. Jesus said, I am come. That right there, that right there is something just to rejoice over. You say, why? Because he's God manifest in the flesh. He's the word of God incarnate. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it in abundance. You know, people make these statements. They're foolish statements, but they make them, you know, in the pain of a situation or the trauma of a circumstance. You know, we say things we shouldn't say. But many times people say things like, God doesn't know how I feel. God doesn't know how I hurt. He doesn't, he doesn't know how much pain I have in my life. He doesn't, he doesn't, listen, there was a, there was a National Geographic did a, <laughs> they tied a GoPro. Y'all know what GoPro is, a little, little camera you can get? They tied a GoPro on a weenie dog. And there, the, the, the name of the deal, I saw it, it was a documentary called A Dog's Perspective. To see how a weenie dog sees things. Now, we got two weenie dogs, and I never considered that before until I saw that documentary on how weenie dogs see things. But weenie dogs don't see things like this. They don't have that perspective. They see everything in their life like this. Everything in their life. Everything in their life is what? Looking up. Because why? Because their bellies are dragging the ground. Amen? Now, none of us would have known that until National Geographic put a GoPro on a weenie dog. And when they put a GoPro on a weenie dog, then all of us can sympathize. If you've got a weenie dog, you may want to go home and lay down on the floor flat. <laughs> and look them in the eye and say, I know how you feel. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> but yes, for thousands of years we could say, God doesn't know how we feel. God doesn't know our pain. God doesn't know our hurt. He doesn't know when we get disappointed with each other, with the, with the world we have to live in, with those negative doctor reports, with, with other things in life, that, that, that losing loved ones, grief. He does not know that. But then, all of a sudden, God came to the earth. He came down. Like they came down, like you would come down to your weenie dog and say, I know how you see it now. He came down to the earth and he suffered pain and he suffered rejection and he suffered hurt and he suffered abuse 
and he suffered untold, unjust things. They weren't fair. I said they weren't fair. He's God. And that's how he was treated. But he took it upon himself so graciously. And he took it to the cross and he died with it. And then he eradicated it from the human experience for all of the whosoever's that would believe on him. And then he said, what I'm going to do, instead of you having this perspective like this, where you're always looking up at God, I'm going to get in you, I'm going to live in you, I'm going to abide and I'm going to empower so that you can know God for who he really is. I'm going to give you my word, I'm going to give you my spirit, I'm going to give you my favor. When you make mistakes, I'm going to give you grace and forgiveness. I mean, mercy and forgiveness. I'm going to give you faith that will help you bring all this into existence. And if you will allow me, I will so influence you that your entire perspective of life will change. And you will be fully persuaded that I am the God that you want me to be, that I can do whatever you can believe me for, and that no matter what happens in life, I'm still the one that's all sufficient and can get you out of any problem, no matter what it is. Amen? Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless your name. We glorify and exalt you, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. All of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands and worship the Lord for just a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for today. Thank you for the service, for what you're doing by your word and by your spirit. Thank you, Heavenly Father, as we leave today, your protection and your safety is upon us. Thank you, no evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. And we thank you, Lord, whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, or the railways, we are the protected of God. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, all those that work out in the ocean, all of those that work maybe on the, on the waterfront, the medical center, those that work up in the oil plants, the, the refineries, Lord, our contractors, those that work in the automotive field, those that work in education, all of those that work in retail, our office workers, everyone, Father. We declare we are not subject to accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you, Father, as we leave today. We are the light in this world, salt in this earth. Thank you for the door of utterance which you afford us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. This week, we will be a blessing to people, a problem to the devil, an answer to their prayer, and a miracle in their life. Fathers, we leave today. We walk in faith and love towards you. On Father's Day, we say, Happy Father's Day, Heavenly Father. We love you. The Bible says we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy, Lord God, we rejoice and bless your name. Thank you as we leave today. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave the, as the ambassadors of Christ you called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.